Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be okay, turn in your Bibles to First Galatians. I know there's only one Galatians, but turn to the first Galatians you see. <laughs> You know, before we get started, I'd like to talk about how our clocks always drift off a little bit. And what we used to do in the days before internet and cell phones is uh, the radio operators, we used to set our clocks, our watches to the station called WWV. It's a signal that's in Colorado that transmits the exact time, and we could all set our clocks to that standard. We would set our clocks to that exact time. So whenever I would make a radio contact with somebody else over the radio in another country, whatever time you logged down, it would be the same as the guy in the other country because he would set his clock to WWV also. And that's how everybody had the same exact time. So you had to align your watches to station WWV, the atomic clock signal that was being broadcast for everyone to hear so that everybody would make sure that they were synchronized. And that's important about getting in God's Word. You get into God's Word, all believers, if they would read the Word of God, they could all stay synchronized with each other. We could all walk according to the same standard. That's something we're going to see here in Galatians 1, and I'm going to start with Galatians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. At that time, there were a lot of people that did not want to listen to Paul's preaching. And so they tried to discredit his authority as being a true apostle. You're not a true apostle, Paul. We don't have to listen to you. Jesus walked with 12 men during his earthly ministry, but Paul was not one of those guys. And so a lot of people felt that this was enough reason to discredit Paul's authority. Plus, They remembered back when Paul used to persecute the church, but Paul said he indeed was an apostle because he was not called by men only through Jesus directly. No council, no assembly of men got together and decided whether or not Paul had a valid ministry or not. That was called by the Lord alone. And when Paul said he was called by the Lord directly, this comes from Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So, friends, that's when the Lord changed Saul from a Christian killer into one of the greatest preachers in history. And Saul, he even changed his name to Paul 
to reflect this total change of his life. And one of the reasons why God called a Christian killer to preach the gospel is to show people that absolutely anyone can be saved and be turned into a new creation, no matter how bad they used to be. But people were using Paul's bad past as an excuse to reject the gospel message that he was teaching. The problem, though, with denying Paul's message is that they were now also buying into a false gospel that wasn't true because they had false teachers around that kept holding Paul's past up over his head, even though Paul said he had many brethren, a lot of believers that could testify on his behalf that, yes, he is indeed a changed man. And so Paul pretty much busted in to emphasize the authenticity of his calling, that it was real, that he was directly called by the Lord Jesus and not called by a council of men. So how do you get people to believe in the right gospel? (laughs) You get them to believe in it by giving them the right gospel. And he does so in Galatians 1 verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) I read this and I figure Paul certainly did not waste any time, did he? He gave the Galatian church the full gospel message so that they could know what it is. If you want them to know, you got to tell them. So he he said that Jesus gave himself voluntarily and willingly, that was for our sins, so that he could deliver us from this evil age and that it was God's will. Now, by denying Paul's preaching of this gospel message, the Galatian leaders of the church, they were pushing a works-based salvation that you have to perform yourself up to a high level uh, to qualify for salvation, which is not true. But Paul said, we are delivered from evil. Now, being delivered means you can't carry yourself. Now, every time I order a package from Amazon or the mail, somebody delivers that to my door. They deliver it because the package can't deliver itself. So can you imagine if we had hundreds of boxes with small legs (laughs) that were always walking up and down our streets, delivering themselves to our homes? They can't do it. It takes a delivery man to get them to our house. So Paul had said that Jesus is our delivery man because we cannot deliver ourselves. False teachers always structure their messages in a way for us to glorify ourselves. They always have that, yes, you can do it. You have the triumph of the human spirit. No, friends, we have the triumph of the Holy Spirit. We can't deliver ourselves. No, you can't do everything. That's why you need a Savior. So in verse 5, Paul said, all the glory belongs to God. You can see how Paul was trying to turn the people back to the truth, away from this, yes, we can do it ourselves if we just work hard enough, works-based salvation, which is not true. Galatians 1 verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. So the reason why I think it's a good time for us to be in the book of Galatians right now is because just like any clock, we are prone to drifting off. We need to be resynchronized again. When we drift off, 
We start fearing the world. And the next thing you know, we're acting just like them. So when Paul had said, turned away, he says, I'm surprised, I'm shocked that you've turned away. I marvel that you turned away. That word there is, I'm, and I'm going to try to say it because it's Greek, metatathamami, whatever, you big scholars, you can go ahead and criticize me all you want to. I don't know. But it's a word that means to completely replace something. Metatathamami. <laughs> I try. I just do my best. So anyway, the Galatians were not just watering the message down. They weren't just taking a watered-down gospel. They didn't have a 50-50 mixture of truth and lies. They had totally, completely abandoned the original gospel message that they were supposed to be following. That's why Paul referred to it as a different gospel. He warned them. Believing in this stuff actually is a perversion of truth that causes trouble. Galatians 1 verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So friends, the true gospel, you can't change it. Satan I've noticed he can't create anything. All he can do is pervert things. He can just twist them and mess them all up. But the true, real gospel, that never changes. People try to invent these new theologies with the excuse that it's for keeping up with new times. Hey, don't let anyone tell you that there's a new gospel out there, even if an angel tells you about it. You know, of all the stories that I've heard, that people claimed that Jesus appeared to them with a new story. There's, a, there's an entire religion out there that says this angel showed up and gave this man a new word of God, a new gospel. Paul said, no, even if an angel does it, nothing, nothing can change this. The gospel never changes. Now, know this. I, I want you to understand that whoever or whatever tells you that there's a new gospel they are headed for hell because Paul said they are accursed. Now, I'm sure people have thought, okay, so Paul, what makes you so right? Because people have said that to me. Well, Paul said in verse two, he said, all the brethren who are with me. This means he was preaching the same exact message as a collective group of other believers who all spoke from the standard of God's word. See, preachers of the gospel, even as myself, we don't preach what we think. We don't give you our opinion. We're preaching from the Word of God. Now, false teachers, they never agree with other false teachers. Their messages are always based on various opinions, how they view things themselves, and everybody has a different opinion, so it's always going to be different. And they also, false teachers, employ these different manipulation tactics that they play on their followers in order to keep themselves at the top of the pyramid. So they're never going to agree with anything. There's no standard that any false teacher ever adheres to. And so Paul, he warned the people to listen only to the gospel that they had received from all these believing brethren that had preached from the same standard of God's word, because you can trust that there's no personal bias in it when you're getting it from the same standard. Galatians 1.10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel 
which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Friends, man did not invent the gospel. It's not a beautiful story that somebody came up with. This came from God. So Paul, though he had been accused of trying to flavor his message with more of a a Gentile spice to it, and a lot of Jews in that day, they thought that salvation was just for them. Only the Jews can be saved, they thought. And so they accused Paul as being the one who was actually the false prophet, the, the false teacher with a false gospel. So Paul said that if he had been trying to please men, then he would have still been a Pharisee instead of serving Jesus. You know, Paul's old career was to please men. He worked to please the Pharisees by going out to kill Christians. He was asking the people to look at the change in his life. He's like, hey, do the math. Hello, look at how different I am. Paul had quit his old job of going out and killing Christians. He was trying to please the Pharisee party. He quit that job, that old career, to become a bondservant of Christ because the gospel was revealed to him by Jesus the Lord himself, not by men. And so Paul directly challenged the Galatians to stop taking their leadership from men because they could be false teachers. He encouraged the Galatians to allow Jesus to reveal to them what the true gospel is. So when you listen to preachers, if Jesus reveals that preaching, it's two different things in agreement with each other. He encouraged them to let Jesus reveal it. You know, ministers like myself and St. Paul, in this case, we can tell you the gospel story. I can tell you the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. He paid the way. Salvation's only through him. But in order for that message to penetrate into the depths of your heart, the Lord God himself has to reveal it. I can't reveal it to you. I can tell you the gospel, but he has to reveal it. If I tell somebody the gospel, and at that time, Jesus reveals it to the person who hears me, then they can be saved. But I can't tell you how many times I have shared the gospel with someone. Their rejection was so intense and so fierce that they did not have the revelation from the Lord of what it meant. You know, the gospel exceeds way beyond any man's ability to speak, certainly beyond mine. For you to receive the gospel for real, the Lord Jesus Christ has to reveal it. Paul said that no man taught the gospel to him. It came through Jesus showing it to him, revealing it. Now, this should have struck the Galatian church that if what they were hearing from men did not have any kind of revealing from the Lord coming along with it, then that was a red flag not to listen to it. Galatians 1.13 For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So Paul had just given them what's known as a testimony. He basically said, yes, I was a bad guy. 
I persecuted the church beyond measure. I tried to destroy it. Yep, I did that. But Paul also said that his past life ought to be exactly why they should listen to him. Because look how the gospel changed me. He's trying to show them I'm not that guy anymore. I'm different now. That should be reason to listen to me, not to ignore me or reject me. So Paul told him who he used to be. He was a persecutor of the church, how Jesus called him through his grace, and how he had been different ever since as a preacher to the Gentiles. All testimonies have three parts. Number one, who you used to be. Number two, how Jesus saved you. And number three, how you are now different. That's what I call the big one, two, three. Given people your testimony shows them the authenticity of your calling. It proves the message you're speaking because it shows how the Lord had changed you. So remember how Paul said that the gospel had not been given to him by men. So as bad of a guy as Paul was, after he was called by the Lord to go preach the gospel, he said he did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, meaning he did not ask anyone if they would commission him to go do ministry work. He did not go to the apostles in Jerusalem to ask if if they would send him out. He just went straight to Arabia and got busy preaching the gospel because the Lord himself had commissioned him to go and do it. Now, Paul was Mr. College Man. He had all the education of Judaism above and beyond everybody else, beyond his contemporaries, he said. But even with all his vast education, and this is a, a big one, guys, he was so super educated, Paul still did not know the gospel message until Jesus revealed it to him. See, friends, salvation is not a matter of intelligence. It's not a matter of smarts. If that was true, if you had to be super smart to receive the the gospel, then there's a lot of people with mental disabilities that couldn't be saved. They can be saved. It's not dependent on how smart or intelligent you are. It's 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 a heart issue. It's very different. You don't have to be an academic genius in order to be saved. But when people doubt your calling, all you got to do is hit them with your testimony and then they can't argue with that once they see how Jesus has changed your life. Let me give you a little bit about my own testimony. I used to be a bad guy, too. I kind of relate with what Paul said. (laughs) I wanted money more than I wanted God. I had my college education, too. I I had a degree, so I was not dumb. I was just blind. And I had heard the gospel message probably a thousand times before, but I never really got it until Jesus revealed it to me one day on September 11, 2001. God called me to ministry. And now, like Paul, I preach the gospel to the Gentiles, even to any Jews that might be hearing my voice also. So also, just like they did to Paul, though, a lot of people try to accuse me with my past as the reason why they don't want to listen to the gospel message that I proclaim. And now that I have two Bible degrees in seminary, A lot of people try to label me as some kind of a Bible-thumping, brainiac know-it-all that no one can ever be as uppity-up as I am. I'm just way too high. I'm way too academically educated for them. So they either reject me because I was way too bad, or they reject me because I'm way too good. It's like I'm getting hit from both sides now. (laughs) So I can relate to how Paul felt. He had the same kind of friction. Either he persecuted the church way too bad, 
or he advanced in Judaism beyond his contemporaries. Way too good. Okay, so people had all their reasons from A to Z why we don't have to listen to you, but insert the big one, two, three. Me and Paul can both hit people with our testimony. We can talk about how Jesus saved us and changed us. And friends, people just can't argue with that. When people see how our testimony validates our message, then that swings the door wide open for Jesus to reveal the gospel message to them. Paul said, just look at us. We didn't learn this from a man. Jesus did this to us. You can't be so bad that you lose salvation, and you can't be so good to earn it. Salvation is a free gift, and it's not from people. It's straight from God. So Paul said, look at our story, and if anyone ever tries to sell you on a salvation plan, other than the one that we preach to you from God's word, without having our own big one, two, three testimony to validate it, and if this message does not have the revelation of Jesus accompanying along with it, then let that person be accursed. Do not listen to them. Now, I've had a lot of people try to undermine me. They will go and find some nutcase on YouTube or some guy that had, that was speaking a theology that aligned with how this somebody already believed, and they will take this guy and throw him at me. Here, here, look at this link, and look at what this guy says. And then I ask him, but do you know who this guy is? I mean, he's speaking in a way that they want to believe to undermine me, and I, do you even know who this guy is? Do you know his testimony? And I will tell these people, look, I spend personal time with you, and you know my story, yet you go and find somebody on YouTube that you don't even know the first thing about, and you choose to believe that guy over me? Paul was saying kind of like this. He was like, Galatians, come on. You know me. You know what I used to do. You know what I'm doing now. You see the proof in how the Lord God changed me. Listen to the gospel that I teach you and wait for Jesus to reveal it, and then you will know that what I'm telling you is right. And so now Paul tells us what he did after his ministry work in Arabia in Galatians 1.18. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I wrote to you, indeed before God, I do not lie. So Paul had already done full-blown ministry for about three years. He had, he had never been to see any of the apostles in Jerusalem before that. But then when he finally got there, he stayed with Peter only for 15 days and had a little time with James too. So Paul only got to see two of the disciples for just two weeks, and he didn't get to see all 12. Paul was saying he did not have the time to learn everything he needed to know from all the apostles, no, and he didn't even get to see all 12 guys either in one meeting, to be able to get a fully endorsed commission from the church leaders to go out with the gospel. Paul had said, look, guys, no man taught me this. No counsel sent me out. I didn't even have the time to get the full-blown endorsement that you would expect is required of me. He's saying it all came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Lord sent me on this. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.